Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadash. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. And today we have an amazing guest. He is a legend. He is a sought-out speaker for both sales and leadership. He's written numerous books on sales, influence, and marketing. And he's the author of classics such as Endless Refers endless referrals as well as the co-author of the amazing book the go-giver so let's welcome bob burke how are you doing today bob doing great victor thanks for having me with you all right it's great being here with you so i'd actually just like to discuss some of the lessons you have from the go-giver because i know the many people in our audience have read that book and i read i first read it about five years ago and it was uh it was an eye turner for me because it kind of changed some of the views I had about becoming successful because I was in the corporate world for many years. So I always thought you had to be a go-getter and the, the main character in the story is also the, a go-getter. He wants to be very successful, but he finds that the harder he works, he seems to be further away from his goals. So he talks to this guy, Gus, who's doing directions to this other guy. And he's learning a whole bunch of different lessons in how to become a go-giver instead of a go-getter. So could you talk a little bit more about that, about why it's better to be a go-giver instead of a go-getter? Well, let, let, um, Let's kind of reframe that just a touch. Sure. We love go-getters. Yeah. Because okay? go-getters take action. Mm -hmm. They get things done, right? We know mm -hmm. you're a very successful entrepreneur. I know many of your viewers are. And mm -hmm. we know we can have the best thoughts, the greatest ideas, the, the mm -hmm. most wonderful intention. But unless action is put into the mix, nothing's going to happen. So being a go-getter is great. Mm -hmm. Being a go-giver takes it to a different level mm -hmm. because now it's directed differently okay now see when we say go giver we're simply talking about that person who understands that shifting their focus and this is really the key shifting their focus from again again it's the focus from getting to giving and when we say giving in this context we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others understanding that that doing so is not only a a more pleasant way of conducting business it's actually the most financially profitable way as well and not for any woo woo magical mystical reasons it makes it makes rational logical sense when you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself and and place it on on helping others, on finding out, discovering what they want, need, and desire, and helping them to get it. When you can be focused on helping solve their challenges, when you're focused on helping them get closer to happiness, people like you. They, you know, they want to get to know you, right? They trust you. They, they want to be part of your life and uh, part of your business, and they want to refer you to others. They want to be your walking ambassador. So, so we say be a go-getter, a person of action, and a go-giver, a person focused on providing immense value to others. What we would say is don't be a go-taker, right? That's the person who you know, kind of feels entitled to take, take, take without having added value or brought value to the person, to the process, to the a situation. And, you know, that's the kind of person who 
uh, that's what Joe was. Remember, you know, Joe was a go-getter, which was great, but he was also a go-taker. It was all about Joe. It was about Joe's quota. It was about who owed Joe what. And typically, it's much harder to, to, to attain success that way. And even those who do find it very difficult to sustain that kind of success as a go-taker. No, absolutely. And thanks for clarifying that. That makes a lot of sense because you have to take that action. And if you don't take any action, you're not going to be successful. But it's that mindset shift. You got to switch from being a go-taker like Joe was in the beginning of the book to mm -hmm. becoming a go-giver, which he was exactly. at the end of the book. Exactly. And, and he found... He, and it was it was a it was a learning process. He was he talked to a lot of different people, but at the end, he found success by doing that. And and, and you know he had doubts at the beginning, and he had doubts throughout sure. the journey, but sure. everything worked out at the end. So you got to focus on helping people, solving their problems, giving them lots of value. The more value you give, like you said, they're gonna like you more. They're gonna trust you more. They're gonna refer you to more people. If you're always taking, taking, taking. People are going to get tired of you, but they're not going to trust you. They're not going to refer anyone to you. In fact, they'll probably just say, don't go to that person. I don't well, I like that best. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, remember, nobody's going nobody's gonna to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money. And they're not even going to buy from you because you're a really nice person. They're going to mm -hmm. buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And when you think about it, that's the only reason why anyone should buy from you or from me or from anyone else, because they believe they'll benefit. But that's great because it mm -hmm. means that entrepreneur or salesperson who can take their focus off themselves and really genuinely and authentically focus on that other person, that's the one who creates that trust you were talking about, who creates mm -hmm. that context where the business is much more likely to occur. No, absolutely. And people can tell if you're in it for yourself or you're in it to help them. And if you can, if you're the type of person who's got that knowledge, that vibe that can really serve them and they feel you can solve their problems and then you generally care for them, they're definitely going to want to work for you. And I think Joe discovered that at the end of the book. So it's definitely, you know, it's something I think a lot of would-be entrepreneurs, new ones, they need to learn because they, like you said, it's a combination of go-getter and go giver. So you work that together. It's a it, it's a great equation. No, and and it really really it really talks about your first law of stratospheric success is the law of value. So I think that sums it up. And you have five of them. So would you mind be talking about all five of the stratospheric stratospheric laws of success that you, they that are discussed in that book, which I think are very powerful. No, thank you. Yeah, they the the five laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. Uh, the first law, the law of value, talks about the, the, the providing this person or giving that person such a wonderful, unique, immense buying experience that they feel as though they receive more in value than what they paid for in price, mm. while you make a very healthy profit. And so that's got to happen every single time because, you know, a very basic law of economics is that people will exchange their money for that which they feel is of greater value than the money they're exchanging it for, okay? So it's, you know, the accountant you hire who charges you a $1,000 fee or price, but she saves you $5,000 in taxes. She, um, she uh, saves you uh, lots of time, right? That you'd otherwise have to be spending on it. And she provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So she gave you well over $5,000 in value in exchange for a thousand dollar price. So she gave you more in value than she took in payment. You feel great about it. She made a very healthy profit. Mm -hmm. So both parties come away 
better off afterwards than they were beforehand. Now, law number two is the law of compensation. This says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one is all about the value itself, which is fantastic, law number two says the more people whose lives you touch with the exceptional value you provide, the more money with which will you'll be rewarded. So our accountant in the first example did a great job, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're her, her client, you feel terrific about her, you do business with her again, you'd refer her to others. Well, mm -hmm. her other clients feel the same way. So our accountant is very quickly amassing an army of personal walking ambassadors. And, um, you know, the more uh, value she continues to provide to the more, you know, to the greatest number of people, the more her income will continue to grow and grow. So as Nicole Martin, the CEO in the story told Joe, mm -hmm. the protege, law number one, the law of value represents your potential income, but law number two, the number of lives you impact with that value equals your actual mm -hmm. income. Law number three is the law of influence. And this says that your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first, uh, you, which sounds counterintuitive until you, you, know, you, you, you think about the great leaders you know, the greatest leaders, top influencers, most sustainably successful money-earning sales professionals. This is how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking out for the other person's interests. Now, I want to qualify the, the statement, though, if I may, because I think it can easily be uh, confused. Uh, when we say place the other person's interests first, we certainly don't mean you should be anyone's doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It's simply understanding, as Joe learned from several of the mentors, the golden rule of, of business, the golden rule of sales, is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit these feelings toward you and others than by genuinely moving from an I focus or me focus to an other focus. Looking to, as, as Sam, one of the mentors advised Joe, make your whim all about the other person's whim. Law number four, the law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. In this part of the story, Deborah, one of the mentors shared, a very important lesson that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, when you show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. People feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. And why wouldn't they? Uh, they know who they're getting every time, right? And with consistency, there's trust. And this is where people begin to know you, like you, love you, trust you, and want to be in relationship with you. So being authentic, showing up as yourself is important. And to do this, we need to really understand what we bring to the table. Uh, I think the biggest reason some people don't show up authentically is because they don't have the self-confidence to. They don't recognize, they don't embrace, they don't celebrate the, the great value they have. Or as one of my certified go-giver speakers, uh, Amy Wells puts it, they don't walk in their value. So we need to first understand the, 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 the value we bring to the marketplace, the value we bring to others. Only then are we able to effectively communicate that value in an authentic way. And then law number five is the law of receptivity. 
And the law of receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And this means nothing more than understanding that, yes, you breathe out, but you also have to breathe in. It's not one or the other. It's both. You breathe out carbon dioxide, breathe in oxygen, breathe out, which is giving, breathe in, which is receiving. Unfortunately, the messages we receive from the world around us, Victor, have to give us such negative negative messages about money, about prosperity, about abundance, about business. And you think that everybody who does well financially did it on the backs of others, or they, mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, it's a big world. There's people out there who do bad things, but nah, for, for those of us, uh, you know, who aren't able to buy any special favors and regulations from government, right? Uh, so in other words, no one's forced to buy from us. We have to earn mm -hmm. that business. The only way you can make a whole lot of money is to provide wonderful value to a whole lot of people. You have to place their interests first because they're buying for their sake, not yours. And you need to be able to come across authentically because you are authentic. Then you need to allow yourself to receive. So what we say is, you know, giving and receiving are not opposite concepts, despite mm -hmm. what we've been taught by the world around us. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin mm -hmm. and they work in tandem. But what we know is that the laws of life say that the giving comes first, right? You, you, you plant before you harvest, you reap before you sow, you give before you receive. And this is why we say, John David Mann and I say that money is simply an echo of value. Money is an echo of value. It's the thunder to values lightning, which means so long as you're focused on the giving, okay, the giving comes first, right? The value, the giving of value comes first. The money you receive is, um, is the, um, you know, result. The result, right, yeah. the result, thank you, of, of, of what you've given. And this is why it's so important to study prosperity actively and proactively, because again, we can do all the things right in the process, but if our unconscious has bought into all the messages of lack that we've been given since we were born practically from the world around us, and most have, okay, it's, it's hard. You can really sabotage yourself. You can feel unworthy of receiving and you can push away that abundance that is rightfully yours. That's why I love studying you know, mm -hmm. today's abundance masters, people like Randy Gage and, and Bob Proctor mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. Sharon Lecter and Ellen Rogan and Ken Honda and David Nagel. And, you know, some of these people who just have such wonderful, wonderful uh, information, you know, to me, Randy Gage's prosperity blog, his mm -hmm. uh, prosperity TV, and he now has a, a Saturday morning, 10 Eastern time uh, prosperity live stream. You know, these are things I listen to and I watch and I read because, hey, you know, it's the same with me. We get all this garbage coming into our mind uh, about anti-prosperity, right? So we need to seek out and, and bring in the good messages. No, absolutely. I think that that last part you said is totally golden. It works so well with law number five by Risa Tutti because we are bombarded with a lot of negative messages about mm -hmm. prosperity and money. And a lot of that seeps into our subconscious mind. So 
like that's why like even even joe at the at the end was having trouble receiving but then he realized i need to receive so you have to have that attitude of abundance you need to be open to because if you if you don't if you're not open to receive it you're going to repel it away from you. you're going to repel sure. prosperity so you're going to realize don't be afraid don't think it's something bad receive it because the more you receive you can also be able to give and return like you said it starts with giving but if you're not willing to receive you're a bad receiver you're going to repel money away you know and you're going to wonder why but that's part of the reason why because you're displaying that attitude of lack you were talking about so you definitely need to be open to that and i just love all the different laws give lots of value give as much as you can to them because it all starts again the more value you give to them the more they they, they want to work with you the more they trust you more they're going to refer friends to you impact lots of people's lives and like you said the vast majority of people who are very wealthy are good people they're good are they they impact people's lives they're doing something positive for people and they're focused on giving them value are there some bad apples of course but the vast majority all the ones I've dealt with, they all tell me the same thing. Their lives change when they focus, they change their mindset. They yeah. focus on serving people, giving as much value as they can to people. And they found out that the more people they help, the more people they serve, the more problems they, they solved, the more money they started making. But it started, like as you were talking about, they started with giving, providing value. The more they gave, the more they came back to them, as you were saying. It's, it really works. It's kind of like what Zig Ziglar says. Help enough people get what they want and you will get all that you want. It really, and I just find the people that are, that don't want to help people, that don't want to serve, they may get some temporary prosperity, but they'll find a way to lose it because after a while people will get tired of it. They'll, they, they, they just want to work here because they see you as being selfish because people can read other people after a while. So I think all the different laws you set and be authentic. I, because when people like you, they want to work with you, they're going to trust you. They're just going to, it's, it's incredible. It's, People just gonna start telling everyone about it because you, you really take care of people. Just it's it just it just multiplies. And I, everyone, I've every almost every successful person I ever met says, you know, more value I gave, the more people I served, and I became I changed my attitude from a attitude of lack to an attitude of abundance. More abundance came my way. So I and yet, that's why I think this book is so powerful. And uh, and, I, and I'm glad I got to reread it again. I read it a few years ago, and I, and and I just reread it again. It's it's when you read something a second time, it's like there's always certain things that hit you, because you grow. You know, you know, pick up the first time. So it, it's it was it was a pleasure rereading this book. It, I just loved the, all the great lessons you had in there, and I think it's really great for prosperity. And you know, and you also mentioned that book, and maybe want to talk a little bit more about this, like. You could be entrepreneurial, not necessarily be an entrepreneur as well, like you're yeah. saying in the corporate world. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we think of the entrepreneur as by definition owning their own business and mm -hmm. uh, they their end user is the customer and that's who they have to be, right? But in a, uh, but a person working within another organization, they may not be an entrepreneur, but they certainly need to be an intrapreneur, mm -hmm. right? An entrepreneur real spirit within that organization. Now, in this case, their clients may not be the end user, their clients or customers might be their, their supervisor, mm -hmm. or might be their, their team members who they're leading, it might be their associates, it might be that person in the uh, silo down the hall, who's usually not very helpful, but because of the relationship you've built with them, they're willing to give you information they don't give others. And that helps you to bring that back and be able to be more helpful and valuable. Mm -hmm. And it may be the end users. I don't know. It depends what someone does. But, you know, just remember when we said that no one's going to, as an entrepreneur, no one's going to buy from you because you need the money. Well, as an employee or intrapreneur, nobody's going to hire you and continue to pay you a salary because you have a mortgage payment. 
Okay, they're going to do so because they believe the value they're receiving from you is sufficient to warrant their paying you money every two weeks or whenever it is. So sure, you know, the goal of, of an intrapreneur is to find ways to make themselves more valuable to their customer, which is whoever at the company uh, that they're re responsible to. Absolutely. You always got to focus on your customer. Like you said, that, that worker, the, the customer is the department, the company, they want to see their area because, like you said, not because you have to pay off your mortgage, but because of the value you can provide to them. Same thing for a regular customer. They, they, they are going to buy from you because the value you can provide. They buy for their own reasons. They, they're more concerned about what's in it for them. They don't care if, if, they, if they buy for you or they join your company that you're going to get this car bonus or this trip to Hawaii. They could care less, right. but they're saying, can you help me out? Will this solve my needs, my problems? Will this... You know, we'll just get rid of the pain I'm experiencing. And if the answer to that is yes, yes, they're definitely going to buy from you. And that's why it's it's always other focus. So I think that's one of the great things about this book. Like you said, he had, this guy, Joe, had part of the part of the equation down. He worked hard. He was an that's actor taker. Right? And you always have to be an actor taker because the actor takers are the ones going to be more successful. But he, he needed that mindset shift. So it's a yeah. combo of two things. You need to have the skills, the work ethic. But you also need that mindset, mindset shift, focus, instead of being selfish, focusing on the other person. And, you know, and one of the things he did was he gave away an account to someone else and it came back to him later on and helped him. But it wasn't easy for him. It was a struggle because he wasn't <laughs> used to it. But he learned. He says, you know, he gave it away. He says he, he, he couldn't do anything. with it, So he referred it to a competitor, which goes against the grain of what most of us would think. But it came back to him and helped him. And, um, uh, that thing helped him out at the end is if, if you read the end of that book. So I think it's, it's so some of the things in this book goes against me what most normal people think, but if you apply it, it works. Exactly. And that, you know, and that was really the point we wanted to make. And it's, uh, you know, in terms of any type of success, financial, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, social, relational, what have you, to the degree that you can focus on bringing value to the other, you know, to that part, that's the, 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 um, that's how you're going to, to receive it back. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh... yeah. And also to, uh, you talk about, uh, another thing about, about getting mentors and, you know, obviously getting a mentor is very important. I think most people are, my mentors have definitely helped me out a lot, but how would a person give back to their mentor? How would a, someone, a mentee give value back to their mentor? Well, you know, when you have a mentor and that's, you know, such a, such a helpful thing, you may not be able to give to them in a way that is the same as they, they give to you. You know, they're giving you 30 years or 20 years or whatever it happens to be of their wisdom and knowledge and experience and helping you. Uh, but what you are giving to them is a sense of gratitude, a good feeling to them that they're helping someone. So by you taking action and, and utilizing their advice and being successful and then mentoring other people down the line, uh, that's a great form of it. It also might be, though, that that you're able to connect them with certain people that, you know, as you start to get successful, that they may not have been able to to uh, connect with without you. Or you may know that they're a collector of uh, you know, old books or something, and you're able to hunt some down and to, to have them sent, or maybe, you know, this person's a, uh, you know, a member of their, uh, local animal, uh, rescue. And so you make a donation, even a small donation, and you make it in their name, right? Uh, so that they have a feeling of joy of knowing that because of the advice they gave you that, that a, uh, you know, a charity of theirs, a cause was of theirs was helped. So there's many ways we can, we can, that, you know, the protege can provide value to their mentor. 
That's awesome. That's great. Thanks for sharing about that. So that's some great ideas how you can give back to, to the mentor. That's really wonderful. Um, let me ask one, one more question here. Um, you mentioned that the question, does it make money, is a really great question to ask, but not a great first question. Yeah. And some people might say, really, that's why would, you, why would that not be a great first question? Yeah. So some people might think like, well, tell me why. So could you explain to artists why it's a great question, but not necessarily a great first question? Yeah, well, and the reason why is, is, is because, uh, again, people aren't buying for your reason. So you can have a product or service that if people bought it at the price you wanted them to, and you figured the cost of goods sold and everything involved, it would make a profit, it would make money, well, it's fine, but it doesn't do you a whole lot of good if people aren't buying it. So the first question to ask is, does it serve? You know, is there a market for it? Is there a market either out there or is there a market that can be created or, you know, what have you? That's up to the, the entrepreneur. Um, but so sure, first you have to ask, does it serve? Does it serve? Now, if the answer is yes, then ask, will it make money? Because it could serve millions of people. But if it's not profitable, well, you also don't have a, a successful business. You have a very, very expensive hobby. And hobbies are good, we recommend them, but that's not what we're talking about here. So no, it has to serve, it has to provide excellent value and it has to make a profit. But again, it's where the focus is. The focus is on the service, on does it serve others? And if yes, then ask, will it make money? Absolutely, and that's a great explanation. So you gotta start off with, does it serve? Does it provide value? Because you gotta start off from there. But it's, we're still here to make money. So after you go there, if it, it does serve, it gives great value. But if you're going to be losing money on every product you sell, then it's not worth right. it. So like you said, it's a very expensive hobby. And right now, especially in these COVID times, we don't need expensive hobbies. So I think that's a great, <laughs> so I think that's a great perspective, I think. So I think one thing we get from this book is you really need to focus on you know, taking action and giving and serving and giving as much value to people and being open to receiving. Yeah. Develop that attitude of abundance. Give it an attitude of luck. And we have to unlearn a lot. I think a mindset shift is so important for all of us as you said earlier, Bob, so many of us have been bombarded probably from when we were little kids and our families and teachers, they're saying money's bad, rich people are greedy, they're immoral, all that stuff. Money doesn't grow on trees. We were bombarded with so many measures and subconsciously we're reluctant to receive. So we need to change and be open to receive because the more, the more we're willing to receive, the more we will attract. And you know, the more we serve, the more value we give, the more we'll make. So it's like it's you said, giving leads to receiving and you have to sow before you reap. So I, I think that's some really great wisdom you share with us. So that's been really awesome. And, and again, anything Bob writes, I definitely recommend Go-Giver's Great. Endless okay. Referrals is another great read. And I, I'm sure many in our audience have read because you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, Bob, well, I was on a clubhouse call the, uh, the other weekend and one of us brought it up and there were like four or five people saying, oh yeah, I love that book. And they're all saying it's a great read. Yeah, so, so I definitely recommend get that book, The Go-Giver, Endless Referrals, any of his other stuff, a lot of great value in all of them. And Bob, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to be with us today and just sharing all your great value. I really appreciate it. And our audience appreciates it as well. My pleasure. My pleasure, Victor. Thank you so much for having me. You're a great guy. And before we let you go, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to contact you, Bob? The yeah, best way is at Berg, and that's B-U-R-G dot com, where all sorts, of, uh, uh, all sorts of goodies and resources are there. So yeah, come to Berg.com, hang around and have some fun. Okay, so reach out at Berg.com. Again, thanks again, Bob, so much for, having, for being here with us and uh, have yourself an amazing day. Take care. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.